0: Ben Shapiro here with attorney Barack Lurie. One attorney to another, Barack. From our discussions, I've come away with a tremendous amount of respect for how you help your clients. In fact, I've called you with client questions. What's the one thing that you think has helped you achieve your results?
1: Ben, if there is a thing, it's having a chess-like approach to litigation. And that means planning far in advance with perspective and timing. Too many lawyers take on cases without having a plan. And if you don't have a plan... A plan happens to you. So how do you plan? Well, we push for information early to see strengths and weaknesses. We always want to be ahead of the other side. Without that, we'll never settle. Or worse, we'll settle in the dark. Clients want resolution quickly. It's what they expect of us. Folks, if you have a business or real estate dispute, I
0: highly recommend you call my friend, Barack Lurie, at 866-575-8111. 866-575-8111. 866-575-8111. 8111. Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. Listen to The Barack Lurie Show Sundays at 10 a.m. here on AM 870 The Answer. <laughs>
1: This is Barack Lurie, and this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. With me always is my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Ari, for being here. Uh, we, um, there was something on the news that caught my attention that made me raise at least one eyebrow. As you know, we have uh, eyebrow status here. You know, One eyebrow versus two eyebrows. Three eyebrows, if it's really intense. Um, but this one raised one eyebrow and only one eyebrow, but it's going to lead to two eyebrows, I believe. Here's what I mean. As you know, we discussed a while ago, Ari, about how the Obama administration, actually Obama in particular, seemed to have this affinity, for lack of a better word, toward the Islamic faith, uh, an affinity which controls him. It, uh, It informs his every decision. And so we gave examples of how he made that speech in 2012 in front of the UN, UN talking about uh, the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet of Islam, right? Then we also had the Cairo speech. We talked about how he didn't participate in the Paris demonstration, um, how he loved the, so- the sound of the call of pr- to prayer when he was a child in Indonesia, that it, it resonated for him. And, um, and and how he bowed to the Saudi king, I believe, and as if Know, he's the king. He's the real king. You know, um, but, but has contempt for the English king. I, I should have mentioned that in the previous Sunday show that we had. The reverence for the Saudi king, contempt for the British queen. You get the idea. And then recently, even more recently, something happened. A statement that he made. As you know, he is reluctant to use the word Islamic terror or radical Islam. Right? God forbid that the word Islam or Islamic or Islamist should be included in any particular uh, reference to the to the war on terror. Okay, so that he's very reluctant to do. You wonder why, and we 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 concluded, Ari, you and I, that the reason was that he will sidestep any issue to make sure that he does not criticize Islam in in one way or the other. He's basically telling the Islamic world, I've got your back. Right? Now, this doesn't mean that he, he wants them to attack America. It doesn't mean that he's a traitor. It just means that he is as reluctant to fight Islam as you and I would be reluctant to fight Israel. How about that? The difference is that Israel is a democratic nation, is a good nation. It's a nation that shares our values and would never go to war with America because, frankly, Israel is America's greatest ally that ever has been and probably ever will be. So we, don't, we, don't, we won't have that conundrum. But if you wanted to do a thought experiment, imagine how it would be if I or anybody like me or, or many Jews out there who love Israel so much we're confronted with a scenario where America and Israel go to war. We would at the very least experience cognitive dissonance. It would be troubling for us. It would be a challenge for us. Now, I guess it depends. You can say whether or not America became a despotic country and Israel is still a democracy and so on like that, but, uh, or vice versa. But let's just pretend for the sake of discussion that they somehow went to war with each other. We would be very conflicted. And I think Obama feels that conflict. I think that his attitude toward Islam is what can we do to sidestep calling this Islamic? Because he's such a defender of the Islamic faith. Um, he, he, to, to, not, to not acknowledge that Islam is behind all this is truly defending Islam. It's a, a, this inability to accept the reality within the terror that's going on. That 99.999% of all terror in the world, stems from some sort of Islamic extremist, right? But no, 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 it can't be. It can't be this way. So what does he say specifically recently? He said, let's not focus on this as as Islamic terror, you understand. Why? Because that would only be giving them credence. They would only be inflating their, their, their sense of self beyond where it should be. You see, this is the game he's playing with us. He thought about this very seriously in this chess game that he thinks he's playing. So, he thinks he can fool us. That's the amazing thing. It's so insulting. He, he, he'll tell us, listen, let's not prop them up so much. Let's not give them, you know, oxygen to believe that... Uh, it, let's ignore them, in other words. As if we'll all go along with that. Did you hear this on the news? It's really an amazing thing, Ari. And I'm 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 not shocked about it, <clears throat> but the the contempt that he must have toward his own American people, toward forget about the American people, just talk to the Senate or Congress to think that they, you know, the most intelligent body in, in America supposedly right, uh, would buy this dreck, this this theory of his that uh, let's you know let's let's not give them oxygen to believe that they're to, to make them greater that's not let's not uh, inflate this to, to beyond what it is, but in fact what he's really doing is making sure that we dance around the word Islam that's what because he loves islam he's he's very fond of it and again I'm not saying that he's Muslim I'm not saying that he was born out of the out of the country I am saying that he's very fond of of Islam that I, I I'm 100% confident of, because he said so. He's always been saying that. Nobody but somebody who is truly fond of Islam, nobody would say the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet of Islam. I mean, what, what nonsense is this? He, he said this phrase knowing that the world would quote him about it. And he thought it was a great phrase, that somehow, not, not only would the Muslims embrace it, but the, the West would embrace it too. He, he really thought he was giving us a gem. The future does not belong somehow, as I mean, he tried to make it poetic, right? But it, it it only revealed something very odd about this man. I'm not angry with him, but I just he's constantly revealing himself. And if you could do a graph. Uh, of the way he's revealed himself vis-a-vis Islam, I think you would see it, uh, it was always very high, right? I mean, with the Cairo speech and such like that. But you could see it growing if, in, in terms of its strength, especially in these past two years, uh, these, these last two years, and it's going to be even more so in the next two years. What's going to happen, Ari, at the end of the day, is he's going to uh, eventually not be president, and then he's really going to speak his mind. He's going to be out there uh, seeking to be the de facto ambassador for the Islamic world because you know he just knows them so gosh darn well. And Jimmy Carter won't be around forever. That's true. So Jimmy Carter is a uh, replacement. Uh, he's he's uh, Carter's in his 90s, I think, right? Yeah, Early 90s. Very old. <clears throat> yeah, very old man. And uh, you know, he's but Carter has taken on that role. Yeah.
0: And you know, Obama will replace him in that. And we're not being facetious, making some. Obama presidency Carter presidency comparison, but the the writings on the wall would he and one more thing that's wait, wait, if,
1: if only he would be as Carter is now if only but he's gonna be far worse than Carter. He's gonna be much more Talkative about it much more embracing of of Islam um, He's gonna talk about I mean, you know Carter as as stupid as he is he doesn't know jack about Islam Obama by contrast knows what Islam is. He knows their phrases. He knows uh, the, the phrases, Alu Akbar. He knows to say prophet of Islam instead of Muhammad. He knows. He knows what's what. That's the difference. And he's going to be very vocal in favor of Islam. Not necessarily against America, but he will, be, he will hold himself out to be as a great negotiator on behalf of Islam. Yeah, And, and to your point about um, him in his
0: behavior and his speeches, given strong hints, if not completely saying that he would be on the side of the Muslim world or the Islamic world in any conflict. He also wrote that exact sentence in one of his books. Oh, really? Where he wrote, I believe it was either Dreams of My Father or the other one. Uh, I've seen it quoted many times, that he, he wrote a sentence or a passage where he said, in any conflict between Israel and the Muslim world, I will always side with the Muslim world. So, this isn't um, conspiracy theory on, on the conservative right making this stuff up. It is evidence. It is, uh, if it was a, a case, this would be entered into evidence and
1: discovery and, and stipulated as true. That's exactly right. Look, I mean, it, it, he's proven what you're saying is, and has been proved out very clearly now at this point. Very clearly. Uh, that, that vis-a-vis Israel. That whatever he's done for Israel, and it's not much. I mean, he's, he's allowed the release of certain weapons and such like that, and some money. But this is money that was being released anyway. And, you know, he has to, he can't be so brazen. I mean, we, we, we both thought, or many of us thought, that, well, he'll just go wild during a second term. And he has gone wild vis-a-vis Israel. But um, hasn't gotten so off kilter And why? Because he understands that, to some extent, he has some sort of loyalty to the Democratic Party. And he has to play the game at least a little bit. Because if he, let's say he were to take the attack against Israel so aggressively that uh, he, by executive order, he cuts off all funding toward Israel, and he cuts off all relations with Israel, and and, and no weapons to Israel as well. Uh, Not that Israel couldn't make its own weapons, by the way. But let's say he did all that. And that he also imposed sanctions upon Israel, right? Which he actually was mulling over, but that's another story. Um, then he, the the new Democratic nominee would have to answer for that, right? He would he would be
0: well. You'd think, but we assume that the Democrat Party. It's it's like um, think about an old mathematics theorem that you cling to, but. Unfortunately, science had advanced to the point that although that theorem looks like it's still true, actually isn't. Right. The Democrat Party has moved far away from the Jewish vote. To the point, I sent you an article about Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I did see that. Like, for instance, last week, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was speaking to a group of Jewish voters in her home district. And this is a meeting off the record, far away from Washington, and the truth came out. She reveals to this group of Jewish voters how concerned she is of the left-wing bias within the media and especially on MSNBC and the bias against Israel. This is something this high-ranking representative within Democrat Party power politics would never say publicly and had no intention of ever getting out because the dirty little secret of the Democrat Party is that they fooled the Jewish voters in large numbers, into voting for them, very similar sure. to the issue with the black voters. Sure, but they really <clears throat> do not support their interests in what they do, and so they pay lip service to it. But the real Democrat Party, the Democrat Party of Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama and uh, Keith Ellison and uh, Barbara Lee and Maxine Waters, they are all in for the other side.
1: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, that, when it came to the African American community. Um, the, the Democrats are like the drug dealer. They, they, they got, they got the, uh, that community, very sadly, very tragically. They broke up the family, and then they got them addicted on government handouts and told them that this is their life. And this is the way to be. They're, so the Democrats are drug dealers. That's all it is. In that sense, right? I mean, I'm I'm not making real drug deals. I'm talking now about. You're talking about ideas that are essentially narcotics
0: for yeah. the, vote for the uh, body politic. Well, of they, they told them
1: the only way to survive is by way of the government, and we, the Democratic Party, will provide you the goodies that you need, and we're telling you that you need. Okay. When it came to the Jewish vote, they did something similar, but also different. Uh, now the Jewish vote doesn't. Rely on welfare or food stamps or anything else like that. But, but they did tell the, uh, the Jewish voter, they appealed to his sense of compassion and his sense of healing the world and told them that democratic values are Jewish values. They convinced them of this. And so uh, they, they, they made the Jewish voter, the, the secular Jewish voter, by the way. Feel that by participating in democratic concepts, uh, and, and democratic uh, ideology and uh, grassroots efforts, that that they're doing great wonders not only for the country but also for Judaism itself. Okay? they just bastardized Judaism, told them this is what Judaism is, and 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 here, just sign up. Never mind, you're dealing with the devil, so to speak. So, the Democrats are the drug dealers for the African-American comu- African community. And they're the devil <laughs> when it comes to the Jewish community. Because the devil never you know, never has horns. He always wears a suit. We talked about this before. A clean one. and a cologne. Very clean. don't smell the sulfur. He's very pleasant. And uh, he will come to you and, and he'll convince you that he's your man. And that he's doing everything. And, you're just, and you'll just get sucked right into it. And you don't realize you, you're doing the devil's bidding. That's what's happening. And uh, the, the Jews, fortunately, who are much more observant, uh, see see through this crap right away. They know that virtually everything the Democratic Party offers is not only contrary to Judaism, to the basic tenets of Judaism, but also contrary to the Ten Commandments itself.
0: And anti-Israel in its and modern anti- form yes, on top of that.
1: It's, it's, it's so hard to to, to make a, a secular Jew see that. That's the Issue and, and they'll say, what are you talking about? He, he allowed this money. You know, Obama does just the much, just the, the, the amount of giving to Israel, whether monetarily or militarily, so that a Jew or any liberal can say, look, you see, he's authorizing this release. Of- okay, yeah, but that's... <laughs> a relative, of course he'll do that. A relative it's- of mine a couple of years
0: ago, when I asked him about... Obama was running for re-election. I said, what about that red line in Syria? And can you see this weapons of mass destruction, red line, pink line, fading line, being a problem vis-a-vis Iran, which would actually pose a lethal threat to Israel? And this Jewish Democrat's reaction was, I have never felt so safe and so secure about Israel's future than with, I know, Facepalm yeah, plan and fa- and face palm than with Barack Obama in the White House, right. and I <clears throat> I was left speechless. It was stunning because it was self delusion, obviously. Yeah. But he he perfectly articulated that thing that we as conservative Jews just don't understand when we. Not that we don't understand it intellectually, but we don't understand it in, in the totality of things. Yeah. Subconsciously it Yeah, and I, I understand
1: what you're saying. I, I do understand. It's, it. a, it's, it's a
0: painful a, thing as a Jew worried about the survival of Israel and the Jewish people to see this kind of yeah. ignorance.
1: Well, you know what? There are a lot of Christians who are very secular in nature, and they also have adopted this dreck. And they believe it because they want to believe it. It's, it's you know, we can psychoanalyze this all all day long, but The fact is he's president, he succeeded twice in fooling the the people, and uh, now, you know, hopefully, I I do think that had the election been held uh, in November, this past November, with Obama being on the ticket, as it were, that he would have been uh, totally toast. But then again, in fairness to him, he would have been campaigning, and he would have been making different arguments, and... uh, and Ned maybe
0: Romney or Jeb Bush would have been on the ballot driving conservatives in the polls. So there's right. a lot of calculus. A Jeff. lot of
1: calculus to yeah. the whole thing. But, but, never, but yeah. nevertheless, nevertheless, I, I, I want to move on to a different topic. Um, and it's it's related but unrelated at the same time. Let's just say it's unrelated. Um, something I'm fascinated by, uh, about is I had, a, I had a very good conversation with a rabbi friend of mine. Rabbi Brandon Gaines in particular. He's a, an Orthodox, Kabbalistic rabbi brilliant guy, very easy to to talk to. Um, That's what I like about him. He's just, and he's younger than me. He's like 40 years old, and he's just, he's got a great savvy about the way the world works. And he can talk to you. He he can talk to you, the secular. Why? Because he was once a very uh, reformed Jew, almost secular himself. And he saw the light, he began to understand, and now he's as conservative as they can be, and uh, just really, it brings Judaism to life. So, and whether you're Jewish or Christian, I I highly recommend just talking to a a good rabbi, learn a little bit more about not just Judaism, but about about God, generally speaking. That's what we Jews are all about. We want to learn and discover God. Anyway, why do I bring this up? There was a moment where, you know, he asked me, you know, it seems that you are not as observant as you'd like to be and yet you you admit your lack of observance and that you would like to have it more most people are not like that he said and i said you're right most people try to pass off their ignorance as wisdom okay now what do i mean by that i mean you know, it'll become obvious when i say it right <laughs> they'll they'll talk about god and just god is a classic example they'll they know nothing Nothing about either the Old Testament or the New Testament, just nothing. And, but they know one or two lines, and they'll they'll throw it at you. And for example, they'll say I, only because it comes to mind immediately, um,
0: like eye for an eye, tooth. I, a tooth. I was just going to yeah. say,
1: yeah, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and look how barbaric that is, right? <coughs> and then you have to explain. But he passes it off as wisdom because he sees the, the barbarity of it and. Womp! Yep. Dismisses the rest of it. Okay? Uh, likewise with Isaac and Abraham, sure, why not? Be disgusted with that. You, you have the right to be disgusted with that scene. Never mind that that's not at all as you think it is, right? But <laughs> by all means, be disgusted. And, and profess, you can pretend to know that you, you're, you're, you're speaking the same language as somebody as observant, as, as knowledgeable as Rabbi Gaines is. Right? You don't know Jack. Yeah, they get in their motorized cherry picker, go up it, find
0: that little piece
1: of the Bible, snatch yeah. it out, come down, and lord it over us as if you know, <laughs> they and, know. Yeah, and never mind. That's completely taken, literally taken out of context. Right, cherry picked. Yeah, cherry picked. It, it, it makes no sense because you try to explain to them why is it an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Why do they stop at eye for an eye if that's what you believe, if, if that's how barbaric it is? Why do they make that distinction? Uh, I don't know Why? Because there's, it's about commensurate proportionality of the crime, the the the, the sentencing, but it, we're not going to drill down on that. The point is that they 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 feel so intelligent. Same thing with um, their dismissal of God. Generally speaking, when they say that all religion is bad, why? Well, because of the Inquisition and the Crusades. Because when they when they throw that out there, are you see, it's all they know. They don't know anything else. And um, they, but they do know about the Inquisition, they do know about the Crusades, and so that's the entire conversation. Okay, and then you try to explain to them, well, how about all the good stuff that happened, and never mind that the Inquisition, nor the Crusades, was actually backed by the Catholic Church, which is the only church around at the time. Never mind that, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, never mind all the, the university that they created and everything else. Okay, that, and never But, mind, but, but they, they yeah. think they're having a, a conversation with you on equal footing. That's like me. I, I know a. Uh, yeah, I have a few people. I speak French, right? I'll say I speak French almost fluently. I, I'm very comfortable, very comfortable in it.
0: Your French sounds really good. I I, you, you I appreciate don't that. sound like an American right. who took French in high school. My you accent sound like,
1: yeah, thank you. My, my accent's good, and I and I and I enjoy it. I don't know why. I just do. It's a beautiful language. Too bad the people uh, are not as beautiful as the language. But that's another story. I won't uh, get, I'm disgusted with, 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 with what France has done to its, uh, not only to its Jews, but to its Christians. But I digress. The point is, if somebody have a, has a conversation with me and they can have one or two sentences, they can speak beautifully. They've memorized it. It's grammatically perfect, right? But that's all they know, right? That's it. Zero. I, nothing else. But they'll pretend as if they're speaking on the same playing field as me. They're not. Okay? They're just not. You haven't done the work. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't even probably know what the phrase you're, you're, you are saying yourself means. You say it nicely, like raison d'être, right? No, no, Very few people know what that means. Or je ne sais quoi. Yeah, well, yeah. je ne sais quoi. Uh, or, um, or c'est la vie, for example, right? Noblesse oblige. The, the, the phrases that we often say in French, they don't even know what it means. Yeah. Voilà! Voilà! Yeah, that's a famous one. Yeah, yeah, is a, is a good one. But you get the idea. It's, it's, um, but, but they pretend as if they're speaking the, the language that they're not speaking. And this is what they do with the, when it comes to the Bible. Now, likewise, um, they pass off knowledge about um, capitalism, right? They, they decide that capitalism is a slavery-based system somehow. Or better yet, that they, that they know this thing about supply and demand uh, but it's not all about numbers that sort of thing is it we're having this discussion with these people that are completely ignorant but they're passing off their ignorance as though were wisdom yeah and they the just tens- like just i'm sorry yeah. just like the french person who claims uh, literally knows two sentences and that's all yeah and
0: and what's so interesting about the analogy you just brought is how perfectly congruent it is mm. in context so when the person quotes a piece of the Bible and then tells you what it means devoid of any surrounding context. When they throw out a French ism, not even language, but an ism and acts like they speak French or when they point out like the behavior of the cigarette company cartels or Coca-Cola and Pepsi or Procter and Gamble doing some anti-competitive thing with a a crony (coughs) communist thing and then call it capitalism, they're completely misguided in everything. Right. They, they've called something that is the opposite of capitalism, capitalism, and criticized it for being capitalistic. They've criticized something for being religious, like the Inquisition, which is the opposite right. of religious teaching. Right. And of, of course, I really wanted to say, when it came to the uh, Inquisition and um, other atrocity, they would have a point, if the Inquisition continued to this day, Right. Of course. Then we could say, oh, okay, yeah, there's a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of stopped. Right. And it hasn't started again since, what, the year 1500 or something? Yeah. So
1: for the last 500 years, uh, where has it been, this Inquisition? It's, the, lo- it's the longest grudge in history. <laughs> right? That's what it is. Like, man, yeah. you atheists, man, you know that, how to hold a grudge. Uh, yeah. and, I, I, th- and, wait, wait. and we're Jews, right? And, and we're, to some extent, the direct victims of this Inquisition and the Crusades, right? More so than other peoples. Uh, other people suffered, by the way, it wasn't just Jews. But, you know, by and large, we suffered quite a bit. And we don't hold that grudge. I love Catholics, because that was, that was a pretty I love church. Spain. And you love Spain. Yeah. And likewise, uh, Germany did some pretty horrific things to the Jews. Uh, but you know what? I like Germany, too. It's not the same people. And I don't hold the grudge against the existing people for what uh, some jackass named Hitler did to to my people. Yeah, okay. I love Mercedes, I love Porsche, love the products, love Niki
0: Lauda and Michael Schumacher, Formula One drivers. No grudge. Und ich kann auf ein bisschen
1: Deutsch sprechen, which means, hey, I and I can German. speak a little bit of German too. <laughs> <Drugs. clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm fluent in what I know about uh, from German, but I'm not. by no means am I fluent. But I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat comfortable in German, much more comfortable in French. Okay, the point is, it's this this thing that I, I'm catching I've noticed this, people. Sometimes you're having a conversation with somebody exactly in this moment where they, they're arguing with you and they have no idea what they're talking about, but they do know two things that are, mean nothing in context. So how do you deal with these people? Here's what I do. And then, Ari, I'm, I'm all ears for what you would do. I, I, I simply say, for example, let's say they come up to me and they say, capitalism is a horrific enterprise and it's, uh, it, it's leading to so many... Terrible things. And all I say is, what makes you say that? Well, uh, then the, the, they always start to kind of stumble upon themselves. Well, it just seems like money is the root of all evil, and capitalism just glorifies money. And, and, and I said, really? What, who, taught, who told you that? What, where is that from? I just keep on ask, asking them questions about their sources. That's, that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. When somebody asks uh, you as a Christian or as a Jew or any observant person to say, uh, you know that this is uh, that, that religion has done more violence and evil than anything that uh, anything else. You'll say, "Oh, tell me what." So it's only it's only religion. T- tell me what other. So the so the evil of Boko Haram or or Stalin or or Pol Pot or Mao. Yeah, that,
0: my my technique with the religion. Wait, 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 question... Let me just finish oh, okay. up. Okay.
1: Yeah, because I, I do want to hear what you say. Yeah. Just I'm, I just I. I just say, you know, tell me more. What, yeah, you where, just keep your...
0: asking questions until they tie themselves in a logical knot because you know they
1: inevitably will because their through line of logic doesn't exist. Right, it doesn't. It's like the kid who tells you his homework is done, right? When it you, isn't. When, when, when you have a like pretty <laughs> gosh darn good feeling that the homework's not done. And you say, all right, well, uh, why don't you show it to me? Oh, it's done. It's done. Well, uh, it's yeah. invisible. Tell me, yeah. Then you say questions like, what was it about? What was your homework about? Oh, well, there's math and stuff like that. And, oh, tell me more. How long was it? <laughs> and you start seeing in the sweat, and, right? And eventually, uh, really, and, and, you know, when did you do it? I did it such and such time. Oh, okay, great. So if I asked the teacher to just give me when, when you had it, she would, she would have it, right? She saw you doing it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to
0: make a point, though, because I've learned a thing, too, about critical theory. And critical mm-hmm. theory depends on fuel.
1: The fuel, I, thing. and I want mean, to, I want to, just I want to hear the fuel thing. I want to make a distinction between critical theory and, and critical, critical thinking. thinking. Yeah, critical theory is not critical thinking. Let's just like that. Critical theory is bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> critical thinking is good. good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go. Okay. But all of these ideologies on the left are rooted in critical thinking, yes. which lack this kind of logic and throughput because critical the- theory, by its nature, is unworkable. Thus, the logic doesn't exist. So, what I like to do is remove the fuel, the oxygen, that the fire of critical theory requires. Critical theory to work requires the conservative to get into an argument with the liberal. So my technique, uh, along with yours of asking questions, is to do something even more devastating and revolutionary. Tell me. I like to agree with them. So when they say... Religion has killed more people than anyone. I go, you are right, brother. You're absolutely right. And then they'll talk about the Crusades and this and that and the other. And then I'll pile on and say, I totally agree with you. You know, the religion of Stalinism and communism killed more people than Christianity. It was a far worse religion. And the cult of, of modern Islamic terrorist extremism is, is well on its way to doing it. And the religion of Nazism, which was based on uh, secular paganism, that was a terrible religion. In other words, I open up the definition of religion, what religion is. I freeform, I, I floating point the definition of what the root word they used and then start agreeing with them. That ties them in knots even faster. Right. And that causes them <coughs> to undermine their own set of arguments by trying to yell at me. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying, but I'm agreeing with you, brother. Right. I'm agreeing brother. with you. That's right, right. If you say brother or comrade, that really pisses them off too.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. Yours is a little more antagonistic on, on the situation, which is fine. With a yeah. big smile on my face. Right, right. But, but I, I do love, I think the best way to get at people in terms of getting them to see the light, so to speak, is to expose their ignorance. Um, This happened to you. Yeah, expose their ignorance to themselves. To themselves, right. Yes. This happened to you, it happened to me. Uh, I discovered that, uh, for example, when it came to atheism, and uh, for that matter, capitalism, but mostly to atheism, that I I found it was lacking. When somebody simply said to me at one point, you know, free will, that's kind of a, a challenge, don't you think it? Don't you think that you acknowledge, Barak, that free will can only come from a higher being? It can only be gifted to you. I said, yeah. So if you don't believe in free will, and you don't have to, you, you think everything is determined. Yeah, I do. That's right. Well, then you don't believe in free will, then. Right. Okay, so if I smack you in the face right now, I'm not going to, by the way, Barack. but let's say I did, you would be upset or not upset? And I said... I'd be very upset. Of course I would. Why? He says to me. If, I, if there's no free will, then I, I couldn't help myself. It, it was a matter of circumstance that had to be. I'm a scorpion, damn it. Stinging you is what I do. That's a good example. I am. And you're going to have to deal uh, with determinism. That's the way it is. And you should not be angry. But the fact that you are angry, right? Well, and, and I didn't like it. I, I didn't like the fact that he was able to run an intellectual circle around me. And, but he was right. He exposed the ignorance, because the reality was I did believe in free will. Yeah, I, I, We all do. I, and, and when somebody tells me they don't, I, I, tell, I know that they're deceiving themselves, at the very least. And they're certainly thinking, they're only fooling, they think they can fool me, but they can't. Now, for you, uh, I remember you told me the great story of, of uh, a friend of yours, uh, the father of a friend of yours, telling you uh, that, that uh, you know, after listening to you a little bit, he says, well, you're a communist. And you said, no, I'm not. I just want, I want no one to own anything and I want everyone to, buy. and you basically described communism. Right. <laughs> and, and then he says, well, there you go. So QED, so to speak, he said to yeah. you. And he exposed your ignorance. And I think that kind of, that laid the seed in you to eventually realize how, how crazed your, From your thinking was. From that moment
0: on, I knew there was a problem with me yeah. that I had to work on. Yeah because I'm a person of integrity. A person of non-integrity, well, it doesn't matter. They're not gonna work on it anyway. Right, so here's the thing.
1: When, uh, as we conclude, the, the answer, I think we both agree, is to expose the ignorance. And to make it, to call them out and say, you know, you can do it very politely. You can say, where do you get that from? What's your reasoning there? When, when somebody tells you all, uh, all, all rich people are conservative, like, or, or all corporations are conservative, Really, where'd you get your, what's your source there?
0: Or all corporations are practicing capitalism. Yeah, exactly. They For that they plunder matter. the earth. <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, you know, greedy crowd where, where, Where'd you get that from? Oh, I just, seriously, did, is, there a, is there a source? I'd like to know this because yeah. it's not my impression, but, but I could be totally wrong on this. Where'd you hear this? Yeah, and the best part is when they say, <clears>
0: well, you know when that corporation is working together with the government to dot, 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 fill in the blank. Right. You know, you got it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and. then then the government's the problem, isn't it? Because that's not
0: capitalism,
1: is is it? it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, exposing their ignorance. And the the main thing that I have contempt for is when somebody tells me, tries to pass off their ignorance as wisdom. That I won't tolerate. Wisdom is wisdom. Wisdom means that you know stuff. And wisdom, you know the consequences of stuff. Don't tell me, don't pass your ignorance off as, as wisdom. I'll always see right through. My friends, this is Baruch Lurie. This has been the Baruch Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you real soon.